G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast of Railway Stakes Day at Ascot. We can't wait to get stuck into it. And before we look forward and try and find your winner, as we like doing here on Year Round Carnival, let's look back at some of the great winners of the Railway Handicap. Northerly the leader, Old Comrade down the outside. Northerly shows the way from Old Comrade. Sister Patricia, corporate Bruce and home run. But Northerly, Danny Miller coming away. And Northerly wins the railway from Old Lucky Gray coming down the outside now. God Spoken's got up on the fence. Mr. Moet though hits the front. A boil over. Mr. Moet first up. He's won the railway from Lucky Gray. Not sure about third playing God. God has spoken. Rosie Rocket. What a win it's been by Mr. Moet. Won't the corks be a Terrific down the outside, Platinum Rocker and fire up, Fifi stride for stride, Platinum Rocker fire up, Fifi, Lucky Grey, Lucky Grey on the outside, swamp them, gather them up, it's another one for Lucky Grey, Lucky Grey's got home to win his second railway stakes from either Platinum Rocker. Scales of Justice and the Durban Demon has kicked him away. Scales of Justice led three lengths to Good Project. Perfect reflection, but Dougie White's going to win it on Scales of Justice. It's a mighty West Platoon, he's coming down the outside and so is Regal Power. Regal Power levels up, grabs the lead. It's Regal Power. Regal Power on the outside. The Wizard has done it again in the railway. Here comes Inspirational Girl. She's starting to thread her way through the field. Inspirational Girl, Pike under hands and heels, ranges up, grabs the lead. It's a winning hat trick for the Wizard and goes Pike's hardly flinched. 150 left to go. And the hot pot storms up, grab the lead. This is all over. It's all over, bar the shouting. The Empire reigns supreme. Western Empire won it by. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. Big fields, high pressure, and we've seen some great winners over the years. Let's hope we can find one tomorrow. Always, Rolfie. Well, we know the track looks like it's going to be good. <laughs> well, is it, but there is a bit of rain about. Uh, how, the, the way... Ascot races, and I'm going for it from memory. Obviously, I cover this once a year, a new clock of year round. It sort of tends to race a bit like Caulfield, that when the rail's true, you sort of need big fields to sling out in the lanes. And watching some of those old replays of the railway stakes over the last 10 years, if there's high pressure on and you can get out wide, that's going to be an advantage. Yes, that's exactly the case, particularly once you start getting out to lanes 9, 10 plus, there's big advantages. Okay. The uh, the race itself, uh, again, I'm, I'm going typically, uh, you look at each race in an individual, but typically there's there's a big field and they run from the start, from the time the barriers open. How are you expecting tomorrow's edition to be run? It, there's just going to be speed, Ralphie. It's hard to um, ignore it. The speed's just there naturally. All the 
the key data metrics is showing that on the absolute low, we're going to be plus three and we could be as fast as plus six, seven. And look, I always try and find a bit of a theme in the in my work before I speak to you. I think the theme is here that there's a couple that have come from really slow tempo races and in the Alaskan Golden Tricks of the Trade. Now, they're two of the favourites. But there's some other horses that have come from high-pressure races, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they can cope if, as you say, the speed is on as expected and it usually is. Yeah, for sure, Ralphie. And and this is a, a really interesting jigsaw puzzle to try and put together, Ralphie. Uh, if you get it right, you could be rewarded with you know some significant... Uh, value and obviously if you get it wrong <laughs> you're gonna have to taste some medicine <laughs> so so we'll start with the two favorites even though i know you've got one most of edge in, uh, in resort band but we'll, we'll get to the two favorites because uh, they can line up so easily together in uh, in alaskan god and tricks of the trade alaskan god is uh sort of got a similar profile to western empire last year in that three-year-old set for the race uh, it's had one run. Western Empire was dominant in his win first up last year before winning this, and he's come through the uh, the WA Derby sort of form. The twenty two hundred win was very good, where he beat Tricks of the Trade. How are you lining up his his chances tomorrow? Well, profile wise, he's very lightly raced, so he only currently has a, a best IBR score of plus one point one, and that comes from Ascot back in March over 2,200 metres. So from that perspective, it's hard for him to sort of get right up to the top of the charts. But he is a runner that looks set to be potentially a big improver. And you look at that first up run, which is off a pretty decent break over 200 days, that first section was reasonably soft. But in line with this horse's profile, around 6.8 lengths below the standard, but the move that the horse made at the 800, you know, between the eight and the four going 4.2 above, and then the last 400 metres of 8.9 above, they're, they're heavy, you know, like that's high level speed. So this horse is definitely demonstrating that it's got huge potential. And he's one runner that at the moment, it's hard not to mark him from my perspective of top four and anybody that wants to back more than one runner. He's a runner that you definitely wouldn't leave out, even though there's clear indication that his best profile is going to be longer because this horse, his tactical speed, at the moment, the fastest this runner's been able to go is sort of a couple of lengths below benchmark through the first section. That would have him a fair way back here and probably a non-winning position. So that's the only dangerous part. So they're obviously hoping with only one run, the horse is going to be fresh enough to be able to be in an engaging scenario. And if that means the horse has to run, say, benchmark plus one, I'm not sure exactly what that will do second up with its finishing speed. Well, Tricks of the Trade is third up instead of second up. So Tricks of the Trade ran third in the race where Alaskan God ran um, sixth in, as you've outlined. It was higher pressure. The one thing with uh, that he's, he's certainly shown is an ability to just produce a booming sp- a sprint. So whether that sets him up for the mile, that's for you to discuss. But uh, what, what I can certainly th- see through your IVR figures is he's got serious closing speed. He's another runner, exactly the same, Ralphie, but comes into the race with that slight advantage of having one extra run. And whilst this horse has, you know, raced up beyond 2,000, I feel that this horse's best could potentially be the mile, even though when we look at, he's got a, a performance of 1.8 above at 1,800 metres back in March of last year. 
I, I suspect the horse will have no problems running to that level today of at least 1.9. That last start performance, Ralphie, there it is, 1.1 above, 14th best of the day. Again, the overall last 800 metres here was very strong, Ralphie. It was a combined 11.8 above. And this is a horse... The reason why I want to point out that Ascot run, this is a horse that can run above benchmark through each section. So if they're running very fast, this is not going to be a negative for this particular runner and is probably ready to be able to at least handle something between sort of benchmark plus three first section if it needs to run to that speed and still have a finish. Also, probably should have mentioned this is an overview. What I, what's uh, what noticeable in your in your early edition forecast at the moment is you're only expecting two point one. Now, Western Empire won this race last year with six point one, so that's the that's the type of class that you can sometimes need. Where you're just saying this could be a, a bit of a, a a lower year, and in that case, that uh, it brings several runners into it. And this is why, Ralphie, I found like a really crazy jigsaw puzzle to put together is that. You don't need a high score to be in the finish here, and there is a long tail in in terms of the number of horses that can potentially re reach that sort of level is fourteen of uh, I don't know they're going to I don't know how eighteen horses will probably run I'd imagine maybe, maybe the whole field I don't know but <laughs> sixteen sorry yeah yeah sixteen the reality is there's a lot of horses that can reach that level so luck's going to play a big role but not a lot of horses are going to be able to handle fast pace yes. So, uh, and I should underline here that you know we're going to update all our information tomorrow morning after scratchings yep. and also with some clarity on the track condition. So, Carly's Calm is a really interesting one. One of the phrases I like using is uh, new, sta- new stable, clean slate. So, this mare is airborne. She's had three runs for the uh, train to Summer Dixon and she just keeps climbing. Well, you can- it's hard to fault that, isn't it, Ralph? Yeah. When you have that typical scenario. It's had the three runs back and, and, the, and the runs have been powerful. I look at that performance last start. There was a couple of key runners that come out of that race. It's it's just impossible to fault. It really is, Ralphie. One point three above first section, three point six between the eight and the four. This is above benchmark. And then the last four hundred plus four point six. There was a taper at the end. The horse dropped off about two and a half lengths of velocity. I'm not putting that down to condition. I'm just putting that down to high pressure through the first two sections. You're, you're you're sort of entitled to weaken. I mean, realistically, even the start before, you have a look at how powerful the last 400 metres was. It was plus 7.1 off a very similar early speed of what it produced last start. But this is another horse. It's got a lot of talent, Ralphie. Now, the question is this. 1,600 metres. There's enough to indicate this mare's come back better. And... Maybe, it will put it this way, if it, if it can bring it the 1.8, it's going to be competitive of two starts back. And if it brings what it did last start of plus 4.4 to the mile, it won't miss a, it won't miss the money. It'll be a top three finish. So that was such a strong race. I suppose that the query then is it's an on-pacer and the high pressure of 1,400 to the mile, that could be the undoing late. Well, this is my challenge is can you produce another high-performance, you know, pressure run that that would be pretty much, I would say, three straight runs in a row. I'm not sure whether that mare is going to be able to handle that. But realistically, it's it's a runner that it's dangerous. 
Whereas conversely, from the same race, Resort Man it was only beaten 0.6 of a length. Uh, Chris Parnham was riding there. Brad Willie goes on tomorrow, 4.1 above benchmark. <laughs> a very, very strong finish. Best last 800, 600, 400 of the day and rock hard fit deep into its prep. Well, look, the last two runs have been stunning, Ralphie. The Ascot win on the 15th of the 10th, best of the day, plus 3.1. High pressure from start to finish. And this is horse as well in its campaign. Start off its campaign back in July. And then last start, again, just phenomenal. 4.1 above, reaching a new PB, third best of the day. Didn't matter what I did, even utilising a, a qualifying run figure of two starts back, the horse just unshakable. It just sits firmly as a genuine top three competitor the challenges are from my perspective whilst i've got it on top and i just can't get it down any further is all right i am expecting the potential regression this is why i didn't go with the 4.1 now if it produces a 3.1 at the big odds it's super value but even if it goes another length further down and that's the worst i can see the horse doing that's still 2.1 and a top four finish. So for that reason, I said, no, nah, I, I, I have no justification of winding you backwards any further. You deserve to be where you are. And the price, looking at it right at this point, is, is from my view, it, it's incorrect. You know, so it's around about cost. $20 as we speak. Yeah, that's, that's miles over, no matter how I look at it. Well, you, you've found some God over the years doing this. I'll, I'll ask you about the mile. Uh, it, it Sometimes, you know, you could say, well, it probably isn't going to run because of, you know, X, Y and Z reason. Is there anything in its profile to say it can't run a mile? Is it just the case that it hasn't? That's exactly the answer. It hasn't. Yep. There is no evidence anywhere that remotely indicates this horse can't do it. There's just none. And, and it's got that perfect sort of uh, racing pattern for this race, you know, stalking the speed. And that I was just going to say that, Ralphie. That's a massive plus for this runner. Doesn't matter how you look at it, I don't see the horse going faster than about plus two maximum. And if it sits at benchmark, and Brad could be that type of rider, he's uh, very good in terms of uh, judging race pace and judging how a horse is travelling, then... It could be pretty exciting, this horse, over the last couple of hundred, well, the last three, four hundred metres. It's, it's as good as any other horse in the field in terms of its closing capability. Uh, but, by the way, I, was, I mentioned uh, Western Empire last year, 6.1. I underscored it. 6.8 it was, actually. So, And the reason I say that is because here I am looking at Comfort Me, who ran second in this race, smashed by Western Empire by four lengths. But let's look at what he did. He ran plus 2.9. He's third up tomorrow. He's obviously set for the race again. And if he runs 2.9, what you're saying is he'll be in the finish as well at yeah. huge odds. Well, so this is what I'm saying, Ralph. It's, it just doesn't look correct, right, the odds. Yeah. Because this is another runner. I've gone in absolutely conservative, plus 2.2, first up run. And I can't, I cannot make this horse any lower than that, Ralph. It's got a, a rock solid performance of fifteen hundred plus four point one, and then it's got that run you talked about, which is a two point nine. So it doesn't matter how you look at it. This runner, only bad luck, will prevent this horse from being in the finish. I mean, it can handle speed. It's got fantastic uh, sustained pressure as well. I can't fault it. I just cannot fault this horse. All right, if I'm looking at absolute darkness 
if they just go super crazy up front and we go in plus 10, right, and Nucky decides to be part of that lead pack, all right, that would be the kryptonite for the horse. Now, I'm really clutching at a monster straw, right? What's the real What's the real possibility of that happening? Well, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but that would be the only way that the horse would blow up. And last year he did, he was drawn wide as he is uh, as he is this year. So uh, if he can get across, he's he's right in the race. Is what you're saying at the the huge odds twenty twenty six dollars? I think as much as I can I can see is that that's super. Uh, I'll ask you about Pikey with uh, with Treasured Star. Obviously, uh, I think he's won a four in a row. This uh, this fantastic jockey. He's returned to Perth. He's had a he's had a cider, and uh, and clearly this horse is set for this race. It's come through a nice win first up, but it wasn't a great win. So what's a level of capability i suppose as you're saying it's uh it's a race where you don't have to be great you just got to win yeah well he's just another runner that's on the climb this horse 1.3 above last start new pb still trending in one direction there's nothing to indicate this horse is potentially anywhere near what its top is it's just got to come out and deliver and take that next step now the next step's not easy in the sense that there is a a really good group of horses here that are comfortably got the capability of running anywhere between plus two and plus four. So it's just a question about taking that step. My reservation will be is where Pike is going to have this runner in the in the race. Yep. Is he going to be look, looking for a forward position? And, and I suspect the horse is probably a big probability of being forward of midfield. That might be too much right now for this horse. And if it gets back then it's going to be too far back. So that was like a nowhere place for me where this horse was going to be sitting and it was just hard for me to to confidently, you know, bring the horse to any higher position than where it is right now on the grid. So you'll see the track distance win uh, this this meeting last year was the Guineas and it was obviously, what was it, fourth up there. It's third up here. It's missed 322 days and it should be noted that that Guineas Last year, we've just spoken about Comfort Me. It was in another hemisphere to what Western Empire did, winning the uh, the railway on the same day. So really, she, she has to keep climbing. Whereas Comfort Me is what and Resort Man, what you're saying is they're already there at the twenty one dollars. And this is it, and that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Well, in, in summary, you got uh, you got some real talented horses on the up tricks of the trade and and uh, Alaskan God. But they still have to climb, and, and what you're saying here, if you're looking from a value perspective, and we'll update everything in the morning, really Resort Man and uh, and Comfort Me are two that, that look like really nice odds. Just can't fault them, Ralphie. It's just having the willingness to step in at, at a big price and you know believing in the work you do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will, sorry, because you've put it in your, in your first cut here, Ironclad. Just, just as a summary, what's, what's the case for Ironclad here? Okay, this quick, is another yeah, yeah. yeah, this is another runner, Ralphie, that profiles in my perspective reasonably well and just marginally behind what's required to sort of win at this distance. It's got a franked one point eight, which is which is decent. The question is now, okay, how much further can we progress from that? Both runs this camp campaign have been below benchmark. We know this stable's pretty astute. So I have no doubt this horse is going to be on the trend upwards. And there is an expectation that it could possibly happen on Saturday. And when I went back and had a look at that Morpherville run back in March 21, Ralphie, and the overall performance was best of the day, 1.8 above, 
I felt that it couldn't have got a better run in trance. Like, there was just probably a slight blemish only between the six and the four where I could have made a case that I could have had half a length. So there is this one angle that could see this horse maximum, probably 2.3. Will that be enough? Well, it'll get back down to who makes the errors. The Guineas at the previous race, race seven. Amelia's Jewel is uh, a horse that we've, we've tracked pretty heavily with uh, uh, the way we're looking at the two-year-olds uh, last season, Vince, that, uh, that uh, you know, I mean, they were smashed in Sydney with the real heavy tracks, but you said she was as good as any any filly or any two-year-old in the country. She returned with a stunning win there at, at Ascot, uh, over 1,200 metres. Got beaten as favourite on Melbourne Cup Day at their meeting there over 1,400. Uh, I reckon history says that many, many horses have got beaten before a grand final as, uh, as favourite, but it was d bods on. Was there a chance that she was flat on that 10-day backup? Because by the look at the data from that 22nd win, it was high pressure. And it wasn't it ever. Like, it was fast speed, the fastest horse had ever gone, yep. 3.6 lengths above first section. Still still running 1.7 above between the 8 and the 4, and then finished off overall last 400 with a plus 2.3. There was a taper, about a half length, so it gives you the insight that at least the stable had this horse very forward for a 1,200-metre race. And it was. It was a sidewards run second up. You could see through that first section, last start going almost just over four lengths slower, but it was a pretty strong move between the 8 and the 4. I felt what went against the horse was what happened between the four and the two, the horse losing 2.3 lengths, Ralphie. That didn't help the runner, and but the close was super strong. The step up to the mile is going to be a big plus, and it comes from a hot stable. So 18 days off that run after a 10-day backup. Uh, but the, the question is the mile, and it's an unknown. Uh, what's, your, what's your forecast? Yeah, I'll be very surprised if this horse doesn't run a mile, Ralphie. <laughs> okay. Very surprised. You just have a look at the close of last start, and, and you have to take into consideration that slowdown at 2.3. It had a smooth run. That last 600 metres in particular would have been very strong, and we're talking of off virtually a benchmark speed. Nice. Uh, all the kings. There's really only two other horses in the market, which is all the, all the kings men and bustler, and they're, they're they're pretty easy to line up together because, of course, uh, there was a nose between them at the uh, at the same at the um, sorry at the uh, at the fifth uh, meeting two weeks ago, and uh, and all the kings men was uh, was really gallant before being picked off there in the last ride by Bustler. Uh, solid figures, one point eight lengths above benchmark from Bustler. How are you lining these two up against the filly? Well, they're. Well, one, one thing that they have in their favour is that they've produced good performances of 1,400 metres. Bustler's never been beaten. I look at the run last start. Goodness me, that was strong, Ralphie. Like, that last 800 metres was so powerful. Actually increased its pace over the last 200 metres, which is, you know, a terrific sign. But then I look at the overall energy efficiency. It was near optimum. Yeah. And what that sort of shows me is that it's never easy for horses to have optimum runs where the energy distribution pretty much from start to finish is like as good as you can get, like very little disruption, no sort of hold-ups or, you know, too fast through a first section. So the 1.8 for me looks pretty real. There's a high probability this horse is going to be able to repeat that at a mile and the one thing that we, you've said this in the past, Rolf, is very hard to measure the innate, you know, tenacity of a horse. They just keep, they just find a way to keep winning. 
and you know, he's one that's undefeated. Could quite easily do it again. And, and all the Kingsmen, how are you lining it up? Well, this is a, another another horse again, Ralphie, when I look at it. Last start, 1.6 above. The negative that I found with this horse was this. The drop-off at the end was pretty big. Yep. Off a, off a race with speed. It was virtually 1.6. So if they're running with plenty of speed, then I feel this is going to be a challenge for this horse and the mile. If they can run – I've marked the race – above benchmark and what's that mean it means probably benchmark plus three is type the type of range now that speed does could work well for this particular runner which means only has to run around benchmark minus one then that finish might be there over a mile but if it has to run two three lengths faster i'd have to have a little question mark about first time around a mile how well you're going to handle it it sounds like that um, that you you know obviously you'll finalise tomorrow, but it sounds like you're pretty much in agreement with the market that this Amelia's Jewel and Bustler really do have a talent edge on on the others. Oh, they they're um, high powered horses, and we mustn't forget number two either. Uh, all right, righto, which is of course uh, Saint Toro. What, what's yes. what's the case for Saint Toro? Well, just look at the last start win, Ralphie. Yeah, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Best of the day, two point four above. I just couldn't fault the run. Look how high pressure it was. Two and a half lengths above first section. Has done that before. But the power in the mid-race, 6.4 above, that's the best the horse has ever gone in the mid-race. And then still had the capability of running 2.6 last 400. This, if this is a runner that gets any sort of breathing space through the first section, it's got a huge 400-metre sprint. The only reservation I had was... It can it just repeat? Because it looks like it's right at its top. If it repeats, this is probably the blowout runner. Well, I've just I looked at this. Oh, sorry, I was laughing at myself there. I just realised I put a big stamp on this on our sizzlers on the 29th of uh, of October there, and and um, it's a, it's a, actually remarkable it's on a, on that LVR figure. And I, I dare say, given the high pressure on and the raw figures, that uh, three weeks between runs is ideal. Well, we know three-year-olds, Rolfie, they're the best ones to handle pressure. They could, whether it was by design or you couldn't have asked for a better gap. Yep. And if if there's any horse in this race that's ready for a war, this one's ready. And franked at the mile. Nice. Okay, that uh, that's one that to really include uh, at around, as I said, around about $18 there. We'll just quickly touch on a couple of the other listed races there. Jungle Miss Classic. Uh, it sounds like your borderline high conference here with Snipperucci. Absolutely airborne. It's the favourite there over Baby Paris. Yeah, what a name, eh? Snipperucci. <laughs> Be better for a gelding, though, than a mare. Ah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, I don't know about those things, Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, when I looked at the run, 1.2 above, 29th best of the day, 1,000 metres, I thought it was soft wind in the end. Got a good first section, 2.6 lengths below. Loved the way the horse finished off the overall last 800 metres. It was a combined, what is it, 7.4 lengths combined. Very, very strong. And then I, I looked at the 1,200 metre profile and said, Goodness me, you're probably most likely going to be better at 1,200 metres. And there it is, four-year-old man. We know the story, Ralphie. They usually just improve. And then I went back and had a look at the previous two first up runs and both indicators have come back saying this horse is at least one length better runner 
than last preparation. And oh, look, I'm not saying the horse is going to absolutely peak tomorrow, but why wouldn't this horse potentially test its 2.5 range? And if it does that, uh, the market price is justified. Right, and and Baby Paris, conversely, it looks like it's a 1,000-metre profile horse. I know it's got a 1,200 win, but that, that looked like pretty soft figures there. Baby Paris, yeah. Well, what I do like about this particular horse for this race, Ralph, is it does get the golden race shape. Yep. And, you know, when you get a run to suit, they usually are big advantages. One of us last three, that first up run at Belmont, when it was a plus two best of the day, the ground conditions, could that be where this horse is at its best. I did give a lot of thought to that, saying, okay, maybe in in the scenarios like in Western Australia where you don't often get wet tracks, this was a genuine soft ground. Are you better on wet ground versus dry because you hadn't broken benchmark anywhere else? Or what, The only thing I can't deny the horse is this, Ralph, is the way it closed out last start when it won, did what it had to do to win, and it could have done. It couldn't have done it any any more impressive. It did get beautiful energy distribution. First section pretty soft, three point six below, not overextended in the mid race, and did exactly what you should be able to do off that race shape is get a perfect finish. And this runner got that, and you know it can handle twelve hundred meters. It's not going to be a high pressure race where they're going to run plus six seven. They might run two or three lengths above benchmark. And that gives this horse the perfect drag. Uh, in the Carbine Club, we put uh, Devoted in the Sizzlers on its run uh, last Saturday. I thought that was the perfect uh, race shape uh, to peak next start. And it was just a big sustained close off a very soft tempo where the leaders dominated. Yeah. Well, it was, it's, I guess I had a good look at this horse last run, Ralphie. The way it'd been finishing off the last 400 metres of the of A, first up 4.7 above, and then the subsequent run on the 29th of October, 7.1 above, off what I consider to be good early speed, there was, I, I really felt this horse should be able to easily run to the 1.2 that it did the previous campaign, and was probably a little bit disappointed that the horse didn't do that. And then I had a look and I go, oh, wow, you know. Big, big error in that first section. Six lengths below benchmark. Mm. Too much energy conserving, Ralphie. Now, I know Pikey could have been a big get-out horse for a lot of people. Yep. So you sit back and you say to yourself, okay, was he a traditional person getting right back and then finishing off strongly? Or is this runner not showing the speed? You know, early. Now, if that's the case, that's a big problem for this race, Ralphie. Like, right. it's a major problem. But if it's not that, and it's just a pilot error, then, yeah, the 1.2 looks set to be broken. So you're saying there, there has to be a query there given the price, and you've got comes a time at the moment on, on top. What's the case for comes a time? Well, I look at the 1,400-metre profile, which we don't even have to go back too far. We just go back to last campaign, yep. back in April. There it is, 1.4 above, fifth best of the day with high speed, like a lot of pressure. And this horse pretty much was in that lead pack, going 4.4 above through the first section, still running 3.2 between the eight and the four. And then I look at the last 400. 
I felt that the horse did lose a little bit of velocity between the four and the 200, about three quarters of a length, which was a negative because it actually rebounded faster over the last 200 metres, giving me an indication that that 1.4 was probably false and it could have been higher. And now I look at this campaign and say, okay, how are you trending? And I, Well, as you would say, Ralphie, trainers intent. Why on earth would you go back in, you know, like in distance when you're running a 1,200? Like went all the way back to 1,000 metres with a 35-day break. This is, this is looking at Belmont on, on September, and then we went October 29th, back to 1,000 metres. Unbelievable last 800. Look at the sustained speed, Ralph. It was 10.5 combined. Broke benchmark, just ranked outside of the top 10. This horse is screaming for distance, and then they only went up 100 metres, and I go, what? How hot metres? was that race last week? <laughs> yeah, and again, what did it do? It actually went even bigger over the last 800 metres giving this clear signal, I am in desperate need of distance. And here it is, 1,400 metres, exactly what you want. Now, as long as the horse is not getting any jadeness through those two runs, because they're high, right, yeah. high pressure, now I'm taking a position, horse's rock hard fit. And the early speed that it went through was pretty soft in comparison because it needs more distance and hopefully – now, up to the 1,400, we're going to see a PB. And if we see the PB, um, Jesus, it's a great each-way price, Ralph. <laughs> that $10 around. Yeah, and proven. And yeah. proven. And just quickly, how do those Eastern States uh, runners line up winning partner and men's moment? Well, let's look at winning partner first. <laughs> it's dry ground, doesn't it? Well, it's definitely going to be in its favour, isn't it? Yeah. There's no question. The Mooney Valley run, that was big, wasn't it? Mm. Like, really, it was big. I thought the Flemington run was off. Now, has the horse come to its top? Is it done? It's been going for a while. <laughs> well, it has been. So that's yeah. the risk, right? Yeah. Now, I'm, I don't want to knock this stable because this stable is very good, but they're, they're excellent in getting their horses fit and ready right early in a campaign. And I agree with you. A lot of the wet tracks really mask this horse's profile. But last start... I thought it was a little bit off, giving a signal that it could have been maybe trending in the opposite direction. So, to me, it's a bit of a risk. So, I suppose at $21 and talent, it's in the race, but its profile is not. <laughs> no, that's yeah. it. Uh, Minx Moment? Minx Moment, the other runner. In fact, it's first start for Adam Durant, so it's uh, it's left Chris Waller stable for him. Well, profile-wise, it's got a PB of 0.7 from Eagle Farm. Trending in, in an upwards motion, that run at Geelong was good, 0.4 above, pretty much matched what it did first up at Rose Hill over 1,100 metres. So there's no way we could be sitting here and saying this horse is, you know, found in any peak. It is a horse without a ceiling and doesn't have to make a big leap to be competitive here. So out of those two runners, I definitely have probably a leaning to Minx moment. It's just now a question of how you're going to handle potentially uh, a pressure race through the first two sections. All right. Well, tomorrow what we'll do, obviously, we'll take advantage of the uh, later start in Perth and we'll uh, uh, get into the other races and a bit more of a longer Saturday morning preview podcast as well as we'll have clarity with uh, with track conditions as uh, as Vince finalises his uh, his final thoughts there for the uh, Ascot meeting. But there's certainly been some good value we've put at the table now. Let's see if they run the right way for us. In the meantime, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast of Railway Stakes Day. <laughs>